This episode of The How of Car Washing is sponsored by Focused Car Wash Solutions. Focused Car Wash Solutions is your complete guide to having a successful business in the car wash industry. Visit FocusedCarWash.com for more information. Welcome to The How of Car Washing, the podcast that helps the car wash owner operator and manager address the challenges and opportunities associated with building and running automated car washes in today's fast-paced environment. And now, here are your hosts, David Begin and Henry Lopez. My guest today is Steve Goudreau, who's the co-founder and president of Brink Results Incorporated, which is a training consulting firm that assists clients in obtaining measurable results in their training, hiring, and management practices. Steve, after a 10-year career in operational sales management, he became a training consultant with one of the major firms in the management development segment of the training industry. In 1992, he co-founded a training firm called Power Incorporated and served as CEO until 2005. And while at Power Incorporated, Steve developed a national reputation in a wide variety of industries, especially in the automotive aftermarket sector. From 2006 to 2011, he individually consulted and authored two best-selling industry books, wrote dozens of columns for various business magazines, and in 2012, he co-founded Brink Results with Jacqueline Bridge, his partner in several ventures since 1992. So, Steve, thanks for joining us today. I appreciate it. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. So, tell us about the name Brink Results. I think you've told me the story, but I think it's an (laughs) interesting name. Well, when we were brainstorming a name for a new company... Um, one of the things that came up was people always seemed to call us when they were on the brink. Uh, they are on the brink of a lot of growth. They are on the brink of a major expansion. Uh, they are on the brink of a real big problem had yeah. to be solved. And uh, nobody ever seemed to call us and say, hey, we want to plan out the next few years. It was always, <laughs> we got a problem, and how soon can you get here? Yeah, yeah. So that and the fact that uh, we're very proud of the fact that in all of our training, and uh, management, coaching, and development, which is often considered a soft dollar, uh, we really are able to get measurable results. Right, right, so. good, good. So just to give a little background, Steve and I have had a relationship in the past. He's actually helped me as an operational consultant with my car washes. So I hired Steve probably three or four years ago. Correct. And we had about a two, th- two to three-year relationship, and it made a big impact in the way that I looked at my business and the way I looked at my employees and the way I continue looking at my business. I still think a lot about what Steve taught me. So we, we had that relationship, which was very valuable. So, but I always ask people, how did you get in the car wash industry? Because you didn't start in the car wash industry. That's right. No, I was, uh, uh, when I was at that other firm, I was giving a speech in Boston uh, to a group of business people and a car wash owner with a chain of car washes, dozen car washes in the Boston market, came up to me afterwards and uh, asked me, uh, what do I know about the car wash industry? And my reply to him, which he always teases me about when he sees me at trade shows, is I, I said, what's the car wash industry? Because I, I wasn't really aware of it as an industry at that point in time. So he, we, one thing led to another. He asked us to come out, and we provided some management training and sales training for his organization. And he referred us to a lot of other people in the industry, and that's how we got started. Yeah, yeah. So you, you have primarily done car washes here probably in the last I'm going to say 15 or 20 years. Correct. But you're starting to expand a little bit into other industries as well. Yeah, I did a lot of work in other industries my whole career. The last 15, 20 years, exactly right. Most of my business was in the car wash industry. But now what happens is people keep referring us outside the industry, 
and they'll, they'll call us up and say, gee, I know you do most of your work in the car wash industry, <laughs> but we have a hotel chain. Can you yeah. help us? <laughs> okay, good, good, good. So okay. you're really expanding. I mean, you're expanding yeah. your footprint quite correct. a bit correct? and really focusing. So what do you like about the car wash industry? What What's made you stick it out for so many years? Well, I actually enjoy uh, the owners of the industry um, most because uh, very straightforward, very direct. The car wash industry, because of the weather-related nature of the business, makes you very humble uh, as an owner. And um, it really has been, uh, the, the clients I'm serving has been, uh, has been why. I just enjoy interacting with the owners. And the managers also, whenever I run a cl- class or a training session or anything, the industry is very hungry for knowledge. And we get great attendance, great uh, participation, because people are eager to learn. If you're a teacher and a trainer, and at the end of the day, that's what I am, um, you love to have people that want to learn. Yeah, so, yeah. Okay, yeah. so that's yeah. been the big attraction. Good, good. Yeah, that was my background with sales training, and I always loved it when people got a result from it and were able to apply that. Correct. So, yeah, the car wash industry does have a huge vacuum when it comes to knowledge. Right. And you've been done a great job of filling that. And we're going to kind of focus a little bit on um, the whole process of hiring. So that's okay. something that you, you, you've done a great job of helping us understand better and you know and create processes around that what why is it challenging what what are some of the factors that make it challenging to hire in this industry well in the car wash industry it's not a high image industry um no mother ever uh, hoped that someday their child would grow up to be a car wash manager right okay right. uh so they have the image factor number one and number two it's actually a physically challenging job you're outside in all kinds of weather uh, it, you have to deal with a lot of problems uh, that will come up of equipment problems, uh, computer problems, difficulties. So it's a more challenging position than a lot of positions out there. And then the other factor, of course, is wages. Uh, although cer- certain segments of the industry really pay higher than a lot of comparable jobs, pretty typically you're talking about a couple of dollars above minimum wage. Uh, so when you're in that group, that's the challenge as well, to get the best people. Okay, okay. It, it Generally, it starts off as kind of a, for lack of a better word, an unskilled type of employee. So mm-hmm. somebody that doesn't have a trade skill, somebody Correct. that didn't make it through auto mechanic school or whatever. So. Correct. You're hiring people that are generally unskilled, I think. That is correct, and that's one of the. Re- that's a big part of our business is that we um, uh, provide basic training uh, for clients where they can take a, a new employee and make them productive, much more efficiently and and much more effectively. Okay. Okay. Good. Good. So, um, hiring. You see a lot of different examples of hiring and all that. What are some typical mistakes that you see people make as they go through the hiring process? Well, I think uh, the number one biggest mistake is that people are not clear on who they're looking for. So getting a job description, uh, determining what characteristics are important. So, for example, at a car wash, if you're not mechanically handy, you're going to have a tough time working there, okay, because there's a lot of little things that you got to be able to, to fool with. So if you're the kind of person that's challenged opening their car door, uh, of their car, okay. okay, you're not going to do well at the car wash business, yeah, okay? Yeah. So there, there's certain things that you're looking for, and getting clarity on that, getting clarity on who to attract with your advertising, if it's online or however you're doing it, and your interview process, that's the biggest mistake we see. Okay, and okay. also people, I, some of the mistakes I think i made is you think you're done when you're hiring, right? You yeah. think that's the end of the process, and right. really... It's about halfway through the process. And one thing that you told me I think oh. was interesting is people are still interviewing with you even though they've, they've joined you. They're still Correct. trying to validate whether the, their decision was correct or not. 
That's correct. There's a lot of turnover in all industries with this with this particular uh, part of the employment pool early on, okay? And that's because of what you just said. Uh, they really aren't making a commitment to you until they've been there and they've experienced it a little bit. And also, people really don't know what it's like to work at a car wash until they do. Right. So it's the first 90 days. Uh, is a, it's all a mutual evaluation process, yeah. really. Yeah, you explained to me, like a restaurant worker, for example, if they jump from on the border to Chili's, yeah. they pretty much know what they're getting into. Exactly. Yeah, it's right. a, a restaurant's a restaurant for the most part, but car washing is a completely unique industry. It is, it is. And everybody has a uh, um, mistaken um, ideas about the industry. For example, that it's not very complex. Actually, to, to get a clean, dry, shiny car, uh, just with the use of equipment, without the use of hands on it, uh, is actually very challenging and, and making it consistent all the time. You've got to be watching it all the time to be able to make sure that, that's, that you're successful in, in producing the end product. Right. So one of the things we get frustrated with, I think most owners do, is the turnover problem. Mm-hmm. Is what, what, what are, what's indicative? Is that just indicative of the industry? Is that something we, we can fix? Well, I think, yeah, yes. Uh, you can put it like this. You absolutely have the ability as an owner-operator in the industry to reduce your turnover. You're not going to eliminate it totally. No, no, no business does. Uh, but you can reduce it. What are the key factors? Um, the Gallup poll has done surveys for employment for over 50 years about why do people leave their jobs. The number one factor, and it has stayed through recessions and all kinds of economic situations, you would think would be money, but it's never been number one. The number one has always been how people are treated by their boss, okay, their direct supervisor. Are they treated with respect? Uh, Are they appreciated? Uh, That is the number one factor. Uh, Put a a really great employee with a terrible boss, and that great employee is going to work, okay? Uh, It's a... um, so that is the number one factor in all industries, and it's absolutely true in my experience in the car wash industry. Okay, and the second biggest factor, okay, really is is that um, how people are how people are trained initially makes a huge impact on their decision, on their commitment to stay. Uh, are they really shown how, what to do? properly and they are comfortable with it as opposed to just being told, hey, you did that wrong, you did this wrong, okay? And of course, the third factor always is money. Uh, Compensation is a factor. And so most car washes uh, in the exterior express segment, for example, uh, can afford to pay people a little bit more uh, per hour. And if you can do that, that always helps. If you look around and say, what are the other people that are looking at the same same area of the um, workforce, what are they paying? If you're a dollar or two more, that's very helpful. Makes a big difference. Makes yeah. a big difference. Yeah, because yeah. it's, it's, it's 10 or 20% increase for them, you know, when you're raising them 50 cents or a dollar an right. hour. That's it's right. big. That's it's right. big for them. That's so, yeah. Right. So, yeah. So, um, one thing you started doing, I think, in the last five years is you've sort of realized the use of tools. I think one discussion we had when we, you were helping me was, is hiring an art form or is it a science? Right. And right. we realized it's probably a combination of both. And right. You know, my analytical mind was looking for more of the science. We've got to be able to find the right type of person, and, right. you know, there's got to be something. And you sort of had this tool that you were using but right. really didn't have it on the forefront. Tell us a little bit about how you've evolved your business to start using assessments. Well, I've used surveys uh, going back 20 years, and I, I got certified in several one of them. About 10 years ago, uh, found a survey, that one that you're familiar with. It's called a ProScan uh, by a company called uh, Professional Diametric Programs, uh, or P- PDP. 
And I found this to be extremely helpful. And you were one of the clients that uh, four or five years ago really said, look, I really want to do more with this than, most pe than we were working with it and doing it. We used it as part of our recruiting process when we were hiring managers for, for people. But beyond that, uh, we weren't using it at all levels. Well, now uh, that's very different. And what, what a survey is basically, the kind that we use, is a behavioral survey. It kind of will tell you exactly what... Uh, kind of behaviors you can expect from someone. And then there's a job model that fits the job, and you match people's surveys to the job model, see how good of a fit are they. Okay, so for example, um, in the car wash industry for a manager, uh, it's extremely important, one of their behaviors is to be somewhat people-oriented, you know, friendly, okay? Um, not, you don't have to be a super salesperson or, you know, very highly extroverted, but they have to be uh, somewhat, okay, uh, extroverted. Uh, if that trait isn't there, they have a hard time dealing with customer complaints, employees, okay, and, uh, and situations that deal interpersonal communications. So on our job model, that's something we track to see that. Now, it doesn't mean you don't hire anybody if they're not a perfect fit for a model. As a matter of fact, almost all the time, there are a couple of things that won't fit. But that tells you, uh, but overall, they're a good fit. It tells you where you're going to have to coach this particular person, okay? So what I just said for a manager also applies to an entry-level person uh, coming in. There are certain behaviors you're looking for, uh, and it's a, um, like, for example, with an employee, following processes and procedures would be extremely important, right. okay? And so you can tell if that's a natural behavior or if somebody really wants to do everything their own way. So it really, after you start using these surveys, actually a problem that comes with our clients is they start to over-rely on them you know, totally because it's not the whole picture. There's other things you look at in a person. Right, so. right. Yeah, one thing we, we have sort of figured out in the assessment process is it's, it's one side of the tool, and we'll talk about that a little later on. But sure. um, So the modeling, let's talk a little bit about the modeling because the one thing I did like about the PDP format was it the way it created models. So right. how, how, did, how did you... How did you create a model for managers, for example? Okay, what you do, what we did in the industry uh, is we had a chance to have hundreds of surveys uh, of, of managers, and we went back and we identified the, uh, who were considered successful managers. And we had some very objective criteria, how many cars that they washed, uh, the, the, um, absolutely the uh, number of people they promoted from their wash to another location, uh, the, the assessment of the owner and so forth. So we had some specific criteria. When we, when we took those successful people, we found that 76% of them had almost the exact same profile. So we started to use that profile with especially new companies starting up in the industry, and they were able to go ahead and get people that were much better matched to the job and had a lot more success. So it's looking at your existing, the best way to create a model is to look at who's successful, why they're successful, and create a model based on that. The other way you can do it, and we've done it this way as well, is just saying what characteristics do we want uh, you know, conceptually, and you can create a model uh, from that if you, if you want to. I always like working with successful people. Yeah, with first, people. So, yeah, with people. people yeah. And the thing I like about this modeling, and I've, I've, I want to ask you why you picked PDP over other tools, mm -hmm. but right. the one thing I do like about this is I can look at an individual and say, I like this individual. Mm -hmm. I don't know why I like them. I don't know why they're a good employee, right. but they're a good employee for this particular role. Right. And I can put two or three or four of those together to create an aggregate model. So Correct. go get me some more of these guys. Right. Right. And right. that's that's really what I like about that modeling tool. Where other 
systems force you to say, what do you want? And right. it's, I don't know what I want. Yeah. I don't have any idea. <laughs> right. Right? right. And that's that's what I find kind of frustrating. But I, that's what I like about PDP is I don't really have to know the characteristics. I, right. And um, so. What's, what's interesting, because uh, I was certified in other surveys, most companies that provide these surveys don't really create job models, okay, as you said. And that's really the value. The value is not just a value getting a sense of somebody's behaviors, but do they match the job? If they match the job, then the job to them is intrinsically motivating. This is what they want to do, okay? They want a procedure to follow. They don't want to invent their own procedure. If somebody wants to invent their own procedure, then, you know, there's, they're, they're going to be clashing with management. Why didn't you follow this, you know, procedure and process? Depends on the nature of the business, of course, and so for the industry, uh, it has to be an industry-specific and ideally, as you just said, company-specific. Yeah, you've, you've seen regional differences in managers, I think, before. That's one thing you've told me is it's different in the southeast and the west, for example. Yeah, there, and, and the differences there, there are differences, and I would say that they're not critical, uh, they're slight, but it's variation. It isn't, for example, you still want somebody who can deal with customers, but uh, you're, you've got a little bit different uh, situation in Southern California, if you're in the car wash industry, then if you're in the Midwest. Right. Okay. So, Think, Things along those lines. Right. Good, good. So um, so using assessments, so it's easy for a car wash manager to rely too much on assessments Correct. because it's I take the lazy way out. And that's, right. It's hard for me to sometimes, I'm always wondering if this person is going to be a good fit. And I, right. we try to use different criteria, but if you're not sure, it's very easy to lean on the assessment. Yeah. Um, what do you say to people that... Uh, uh, as far how, how should they use assessments in the overall hiring process? Okay, great question. The um, we look at there's four parts of the, uh, of the whole cycle here. You need to look at. You need to identify what abilities do we want people to have, what skills do we want them to have. The survey is a very good third part of that tool where uh, the cycle, I should say where you look and say, what behaviors are natural that fit these skills and abilities? And the fourth area that everybody tries to find out in the interview process is what's somebody's motivation, okay? Because everybody's had the experience of people have the skills, abilities, the behaviors that fit the job, but they're not motivated. And quite the opposite, they've had people that are not a great fit, but boy, they are so motivated, okay? They do a great job. So that fourth area, you can get at it to some degree, but it's not, no, there's nothing bulletproof on that fourth one that you'll absolutely ascertain because people tend to tell you in an interview what you want to hear. Right. But if you get the skills, you get the abilities, and you get the natural behavior traits are all a fit, uh, then that is really good. Uh, and, and your chances of number four motivation are pretty good. So do you have guidelines, for example? We, we try to use a guideline to say if somebody doesn't match 75% or higher. Yes. Um, yeah. Then it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a yellow flag. It's not necessarily a red flag, but it's at least a yellow flag. Well, in our scoring on our survey, um, 70%, uh, just slightly different, 70% or better we consider a match, okay? Uh, because that's the cup is more than half full, you know. It's, you got it. And of course, to get that kind of score, you have to have the, you have to be much more closer to the model uh, than not. In the 50 to 70 percent range is kind of a ballpark decision. You know, it's that's the uh, uh, you know green light, 70 or above, 50 to 70, yellow light, below 50, red light. You know, it's uh, pretty much will tell people it's. Yeah, there can be exceptions, and you'd always want to lead yourself to exceptions. For example, someone might come to you, and they're, they've been in the industry. They're very well trained. They've got good references. 
they're not exactly an exact fit. You want to find out what it is exactly is going to be different about your environment than where they were. You want to identify that and see if that's something that's coachable. Um, but that said, I wouldn't knock out somebody totally if they have previous successful past experience in any industry uh, to do that. For example, I just hired an operations manager for a client uh, and overseeing 10 locations. His, his, back, his um, job model, uh, his um, survey did not match our job model for operations manager. Uh, and so we really checked his references very carefully. We did a couple of interviews. We talked about some scenarios, some situations. Turns out this person is extraordinarily well motivated. Hired him six months ago. He's doing exceptionally well. And I would just say that he's not a natural fit. Matter of fact, it's, we knew the two areas we're going to have a problem with. We coached him on it. It's still an area that's challenging, but he's able to manage it. Uh, so it isn't the, it, people tend to think of it as the answer by mm -hmm. itself. It's right. not. It's just part of a whole set of tools you want to use to get good people and retain good people. And it's, it's, it's the one quantitative tool. And for me, kind of being a more science guy than art, because right. I'm not very good at the art. And I right. want to rely on the science. I right. want to rely pretty heavily on that. Yeah, let me say that I used to be, I used to be, I still am a very good interviewer of people, but, and I could, my judgment was pretty good, but now I, I don't really want to hire anybody unless I have that quantitative information because it makes the whole, everything I've observed in the interview, the whole process, much more understandable. Okay, this is why he answered the question this way, okay, because of this, you know. So it really makes it so crystal clear who you're dealing with. And that's hard in a face-to-face in -face interview, first time, uh, to, to accomplish. Right, right. So one of the issues I have with hiring is I'm, I'm a sales guy. Mm -hmm. So sales guys are the worst, easiest people to sell to. <laughs> and so I'm in a situation, I'm, I'm one or two people down, mm -hmm. I'm going through the interview process, and I need somebody. Right. I need somebody. And so right. my whole mindset is shifted toward trying to f make this person a good fit. Mm -hmm. Uh, I want this person to be a good fit because I don't want to do this next week. I don't want right. to go through 15 people. I want this person to be the person I hire. Right. What? How do you, from an interviewing standpoint, what are some ways that you can help people to, um, I guess, be more skeptical? I, I don't know how to put it, but I, I'm just I'm a natural optimist, right. Right. and and that that's really not good for the hiring process. Okay. Well, I've, you've brought up a great issue. Look, if you are short people and you're having troubles running your wash. And you got somebody in front of you, uh, and that's the only person you're talking to. You'll, you'll, you don't even have to be in a sales position. You'll convince yourself this person's worth a shot. Okay. <laughs> right. The real challenge is to uh, generate a, a larger pool of people. Uh, so, our recruiting process is very different than most HR and recruiting processes. Most people put an ad in, in uh, Indeed, okay, or Craigslist, something like that. And they, they try to screen out all the people. They talk about all the negatives. They talk about all the issues, all the job responsibilities. Uh, by the time you finish reading that ad, you're almost like nobody would want it. So the people that are attracted to that ad are somewhat negative to start with. Okay. So who you attract, you really want to attract a large group of people and the kind of people that you want. So when you're down in the interview process, you're going to have a better selection you know, situation. If you're not generating a good pool of prospects, you can't be selective. Okay, so now you're across from somebody. Uh, you, you really have to be determined to say, you know what, I'm going to guts it out for another week or two, give some people some overtime if I have to. I'm not going to hire somebody who's not a match, okay, uh, in desperation. Easier said than done, okay, right. we've all been there. But if you have a pool of people to select from, 
uh, because your advertising has generated a good pool, you're in a much better position. Do you consider overtime as a good retention strategy for employee if you manage it? I, I think, uh, you, you, I was going to say, yes, it can be. Um, but I think here's the thing that you really want. The most critical part with today's group, especially the millennials, the 37 years of age and younger, they're not actually anxious to work 50, 60, 70 hours, okay? So that's not really going to be that, that helpful. But they are are interested in making sure to get their 40 hours a week uh, in. And that, so ensuring that you get 40 hours a week, you're probably going to have a couple hours of overtime. If you have a couple hours of overtime, that shouldn't be the end of the world. That shouldn't be like no overtime whatsoever. Right. But so if you're, if a manager's getting, say, two to three, two to, um, uh, two to five uh, hours a week overtime, Shouldn't be a big issue. Okay. 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 Yeah, I changed my strategy a little bit on overtime. I was like, uh, no overtime. That's right. an expense. And now I'm using it as kind of a motivational tool. We've got guys that want to make a little bit more money. That's great. And I said, you know what? Why don't you try to work five hours? We'll find you some projects, work five hours overtime. There you go. There yeah. you go. And, I, a little bit of overtime is a very good tool. Yeah. yeah. A lot of overtime. Uh, you're, you're actually setting up a situation where if that person left you, the person coming in, really, most of them wouldn't want a lot of overtime. That's surprising right. a lot of time to owners. But, again, it has to do with the generation. The younger generation uh, is not as interested in racking up extra hours. Quality of life is balance is more of important. life. Yeah, balance of uh, life is, uh, is important. Right, right. So you put um, – so the use of assessment, at what point in the process do you recommend assessments – being used. I've seen assessments being used when people are filling out applications, right? And I've seen assessments being used when people right. are about to be hired. Well, people that are uh, uh, using assessment surveys with their whole organization tend to tend to start giving them earlier and earlier. I I, I say that after I've met with somebody face to face and I'm interested in them, uh, that would be the next step, along with checking references. So. Look, uh, a lot of times people don't even show for the interview, okay? So uh, a lot of times that after the interview, you're pr pretty clear you don't want to hire this person. So I want to just make it as a next step. Uh, let's get your references. We'll check those, do a background check, and also uh, go ahead and do a survey. And usually we'll, uh, most of our clients will have them do the survey right there at the interview, uh, take five minutes and, and get it done right right there. So if you can do that, that's ideal. Okay, okay, good. And, and the way... Uh, your assessment tool sells, you can buy a big block. Correct. And so you're not thinking as much about the, the cost per cost. survey. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. yeah. And they're pretty inexpensive. They're not yeah. terribly, they're 30 or $40 yeah. per, per assessment. Yeah. So it's not a, a terrible expense to give you the information that you're looking for on that. Right. So um, better you to say that than me. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. That's right. So we, we've used it. We've used it and we, we continue using it. This episode of The How of Car Washing is sponsored by Focused Car Wash Solutions. Focused Car Wash Solutions is your complete guide to having a successful business in the car wash industry. Whether you are a new investor or a seasoned operator looking to make improvements, the experienced team at Focus can help you every step of the way. For more information, please go to FocusedCarWash.com. So, Steve, one thing that we've started doing is we realized we actually factored our turnover, and we realized we probably ought to be hiring one person every three to four weeks. Mm -hmm. The hiring process never ends, and that, mm -hmm. that's been a big fallacy of mine is right. thinking I'm done. 
and I don't have to go back to this hard process. But we've mm. we've realized we got to be in we got to be looking for people about every three or four weeks mm. uh, to to, re, to replace the workers right now in our turnover. Is that a pretty decent strategy or uh, your turnover? If you're for it depends of course how many locations you have. If one location, uh, we have plenty of clients that have gotten their turnover down. Uh, so that they're looking at maybe once every 90 days, every three months for somebody. Uh, so if you looked, if you're looking for three or four people a year per location, that's pretty standard. Okay. If you're turning over a lot more than that, uh, then I'd still say you, know, you got to look at your go back to look at your your recruiting process and how closely are they matching this model. Uh, and also one of the things, a great tool always has been, is really exit interviews. Someone's going to uh, leave. They're going to pick up their final checks. Part of the, part of what the process is a, an exit interview. You often can find out a very good um, chunk of information about what's going on by talking to people. Uh, you know, after they no longer have an agenda, they're gone. You know, right? Okay, as far as it goes. Uh, so yeah, I'd still say it's something you want to do it. And I I've seen car washes where in a year's time they haven't turned over anybody at a location. Okay, uh, so that's again. They've done a good job hiring. They've done a good job training, and they and their management is good. Um, that's kind of our motto: hire right, train right, manage right. Right. Well, somebody's really got to fine tune the less turnover that they have. Yeah. So those know? three legs of the stool are important to yeah. to keep your employees. You might do a Correct. decent job of hiring, but then all, what are all the training issues and associated yeah. Yeah. with keeping that employee and giving them a vision and a future? Right. Um, it's easier for is it easier for large car wash chains versus smaller ones? You know, we we only have a couple washes, and right. so. We suffer from the small business syndrome. Well, I think it's very interesting. I think if you're uh, if you're not growing, if you've got a couple locations and you're really not, uh, uh, you know, another location isn't about to open and like that, uh, you really think you're looking for a little different person. Okay, uh, you're looking for someone a little bit more stable. Uh, you, you you look at your model. How many? What's the ratio of full timers to part timers? Okay. Uh, I've seen, uh, for example, car washes create a very stable workforce because they've hired a little older person uh, uh, and several more part-timers. They only have a, key, a few key full-timers. So what's your mix that will help you retain people the best? Okay? You're hiring a lot of young people. They want some upward mobility. They want to they they see growth. So uh, the younger you are, the more turnover you'll tend to have as a, as a general rule. So. so- Part-time versus full-time employees. Um, we, we haven't had terrible success with part-time. Is that because we're not looking at the right places or you're hiring? One thing we find is we hire people part-time that really want full-time, and they're kind of using this as a buffer till they find their full-time job. You're looking for what I call um, part-timers that want part-time. Uh, and so pretty typically in Exterior Express, you'll have a full-time manager, a full-time assistant manager, Ideally, a third person who's like a shift supervisor that can close or open. So you've got three key people at an Exterior Express. Oftentimes, people will have a fourth person that will be pretty much a Monday through Friday daytime because those are the hardest to get part-timers. Mm-hmm. So they'll have like four full-timers, and then they'll have probably like three part-timers. And they'll work one weekend day and a couple nights. Another one will work another weekend day a couple nights. Those part-timers, uh, people that are going to school, uh, can be with you three, four, five years, um, and that's like perfect for them. That's exactly right. Now, you know, you gotta 
you got to shuffle every semester, you know, the work yeah, schedules and yeah. so forth a little bit. But that's a. But generally speaking, they're looking for evening or weekend because their classes are during the day. So, so students can be a wonderful. Um, we have a. Uh, there's a large chain in uh, Indianapolis uh, called Mike's Car Wash. Mm -hmm. uh, recently split into two locations. They go and recruit high school students, and they want high school students that are going to go to college. And they look to have three years of high school and four years of college. Uh, they're looking for somebody to have a seven years. In the course of that, enough people uh, don't graduate or leave or whatever to get their full-timers. But uh, they look for people and specialize in that. So, again, you have to have a strategy. You know, what exactly is going to be our mix full-time to part-time? Who is the most likely to retain? Uh, got another client uh, in uh, Wisconsin. Uh, his his focus was entirely older people. Uh, if you couldn't, if you weren't 50 years or older, he didn't hire you. Okay, he wanted older people more mature, and he had a, a group of part-timers uh, that rotated. You know, they had uh, they were retired. So in some cases, they had other jobs. They wanted part-time jobs because they're getting ready to retire. Mm -hmm. Okay, that sort of thing. And so uh, they, but they had a strategy, and because of that, they had very low turnover. So, who is going to be our model of what we want? makes a big difference. Yeah, so some of us looking at the demographic in your particular part of the country, your town. Correct. Do you have colleges, do you not have colleges? Do you have an older workforce and not workforce? Right. Do you have a lot of retirees looking for work? Well, for example, uh, in Colorado Springs, where you are located, uh, looking at the people, there's people every day that are exiting the military. And they have, a, you know, the 20 years in, okay, and they really want some additional work uh, and they really want to do something different, but they're basically, they don't have to uh, have that job to survive. So it's like, uh, and they're, if they're looking to retire right in your area, they want to stay in the area. Uh, and it's something that, you know, they're not in a rush. Uh, you know, they could, you know, learn, taking a year or two to learn an industry uh, with the opportunity of potentially moving up down the road or not. Uh, that's, that would be an example of an area of something, if you've got a military base near you, take a look at that potential right so every day there's somebody exiting and they don't have a job yeah that's true okay and they've got they're 20 years in and they've got a pension and uh so they're they actually have uh, actually had people uh veterans say listen i don't care what you pay me hourly i just want the opportunity to learn and move up in, in the business and uh and i just i want to have a enjoyable you know work-life balance uh, situation uh, going forward. So. That's a good point. Good okay. point. Right. This this area is such a challenge for me, and it's one that I always think I'm going to get figured out uh, one day. But uh, it's, you know, for me, just I guess it's probably my personality and the way I apply it. But, but you know, hiring, being able to train correctly, retaining employees, it's very right. important to me. Right. And, uh, and I've always appreciated your help and your mm -hmm. guidance. Um, I'm on that. So, Great discussion today. I just want to give you an opportunity to kind of tell a little bit about, well, what are some of the other services you offer? And then if people want to find out more information about Brink Results, where could they go get that information? Well, our, our website uh, is, of course, www.brinkresults.com. Brink, just like the armor car people, but no S. Okay. okay. And results. Okay. Brink Results. And, uh, you know, mostly we any, um, any process or procedure a tool that people need to run a car wash we can provide okay we've always we've been talking about recruiting here a lot but we put together basic training we put together preventative maintenance programs advanced training uh, management development programs so if you're entering the business we're obviously somebody that can provide you with all the systems that you need 
if you've been in the business and you want to improve an area, like that's why you call us about the recruiting, mm -hmm. okay, we can help there. Uh, and really, it usually begins with an assessment. Usually we'll go and spend a day or two with the company, uh, look at all their information, visit their washes, uh, talk to the owners, talk to the managers. At the end of that time, we can pretty much give a, a, a roadmap of here's where you need to go, you know, going forward. Yeah, so. good, good. And I'll give a little endorsement for Steve. The thing I like about Steve and his his uh, personalities, he always tells me the truth. He's very honest with me. And a lot of times managers, that's what they need. They need sure. somebody to sit them down and say, here's what you're doing right. to contribute to the problem. And so really appreciate that with Steve. And it did change my behavior Mostly, I think. I still got some work to do, but it, it sort of helped me change my behavior. But, Steve, thank you so much for joining us today, and we appreciate the information, and we'll look forward to maybe having you back. Thank you very much. Uh, pleasure, and uh, enjoy talking to you. Okay, today. thanks. Okay. Thanks for joining us on this episode of The How of Car Washing. And thanks to our show sponsor, Focused Car Wash Solutions. Please visit us at thehowofcarwashing.com for the show notes to this episode. Thank you for listening to The How of Car Washing. For more information, links, and other resources, please visit thehowofcarwashing.com and leave us a comment if you have a topic you would like discussed. Thanks for listening, and we look forward to having you next time on The How of Car Washing.